Awesome. So Tyson, Nicholas Tyson, Nick, you go Nick or Nicholas. You know, I always tell people, my my friends call me Nick. So call me Nick. Okay. I'll call you Nick. (laughs) So Nick Tyson. Good to see you, man. Thanks for joining us. Um, So Nick, Jeff and I met Nick at CS 100 last year in, uh, in Utah. And um, he worked for a company for a while. That was a a client of ours. who was also at that event, Avid Exchange. And so, uh, we just hit it off and, and Jeff and Nick bonded making leather bound notebooks together as their arts and crafts <laughs> project at CS 100. So that was pretty cool. And I had forgotten about that. So thank you for reminding me about that, Nick uh, and Jeff. But uh, anyway, it's good to have you. So you're at smart vault now, do some cool stuff. You guys got a ton of customers. So I wanted to dig in with you a little bit. You and I chatted a couple of weeks ago and I, you, you said a bunch of things on that call that I want to dig into a little bit, but the first is like, you're, you're, you're running a high volume customer success programs. I don't know how much you can talk about specifics sure. in terms of number of customers and that kind of thing, but just interested to hear more and let Jeff, catch Jeff up a little bit on, on what you're running there. Absolutely. So um, smart vault, right? Secure document management software and cloud storage. So, you know, you think of you know, the, the drop boxes of the world. Uh, we actually do something very similar, but specifically for years upon years in the accounting space. So um, we have a um, partnership with Intuit. Everyone knows um, Intuit by their many products. And we have uh, over, it's, it's so funny, we just had our, our monthly call yesterday. Um, so we're a little over 6,100 clients, um, 21,000 users, and I think it's oh. 1.6 million portal users around, so around the world. So, I mean, you're talking about high volume amount of, of people that are utilizing our software um, to share documents. It's a, it's a, it's a securely. So it's a, a great story um, of, a, of a small company out of Houston um, that went through um, a lot of different things throughout the years, but now um, we call it the glow up, right? That's a new thing, right? It's, it's a glow up of this company um, to where now we're at a time of scale, um, doubling the business, have a brand new office opening up in a cool part of Houston, uh, adding new headcount, um, and, and for obtaining this customer success, bringing in a customer success organization, a customer support organization in-house. Um, so that's the, I'm the first customer success um, director truly of the, of the company. Um, and really- so br- bring, bringing it in-house, was it not in-house before? Well, let me, let, let, me, let me rephrase that. So support was not in-house, we're bringing support in-house. Got it, got it. There got it. wasn't a true customer success team. There was a service arm of, I do a little bit of onboarding. If you're escalated, maybe you can call me. Um, but a true success arm was not created. So um, last year, or maybe well, a year and a half ago, you know, Daniel had the vision and our, our CEO had the vision of saying, hey, we really need to focus on customer success. We have some of, some of a churn problem, but they also understood that we want to grow to where we want to as an organization. We had to retain these customers and grow through this customer base, right? It's only a certain amount of expansion uh, or, you know, uh, uh, customers that you can gain um, through new logos, right? So they understood that. So um, a great opportunity came up, and uh, it's been a wild ride, man, over the last year and a half. That's how awesome. many people? How many people have you hired? Yeah, great question. So it has been wild. So six people I've hired. Um, we will be hiring. I have job recs out now for seven more people. Oh, wow. Five in Houston. Actually, rephrase that: eight people. Five in Houston and two in Cambridge. So I run a, a, a global organization. So half my team's in Houston. My other team is in Cambridge. Um, so we'll be Cambridge, UK. Cambridge, Cambridge UK. UK. Cambridge, UK. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> across the pond. Yeah. Well, the I, pond. I work for a company that had an office in Cambridge, Mass. So, yes. you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You got to designate. Yeah. Cambridge, uh, Cambridge, UK. 
people, um, people are going to come after Nick because they're going to say, hey, your geography skills, like Cambridge is in Massachusetts, buddy. Like that's not, you know, global organization here. <laughs> exactly. Um, so that, that obviously comes with its own challenges as well. Um, so yes, we're, we're adding eight, eight new people this year, actively recruiting right now. That's awesome. How, so when you uh, love the perspective that you mentioned about you being the kind of the first director coming in and, you know, thinking about building this out, this kind of CEO has this vision. So like, what was your mindset going in? Like, what did you like, uh, I, you know, thinking about the book, like the first 90 days, right? Like what, what was kind of on your, your roadmap as you went in and like, how did you just start kind of ticking through things and learning along the way? Like, how did you just kind of think about that as you went in? Yes. Great question. So, you know, I, I give you the saying all the time that everyone, uh, has a plan until they get punched in the mouth, right? So I, I had I had an idea in my head that I was gonna come in and I was gonna have all these big ideas, I'm gonna do this. My whiteboard the first week was massive with all these different things that I had to do. Um, and it actually was interesting, it actually was after I went to a CS um, meetup in Austin, Texas um, at Evernote, where I spoke with the leader there. And um, you know, we spoke about how their customer success team was ran. So um, one of the first things that I, thought was that I came from a traditional, you mentioned I came from Avid Exchange. We had a, a very large organization where we had a specific account management team, specific onboarding team, and then you had a customer success arm, right? So that baton was passed from sales to onboarding to customer success, um, totally different functions and different, um, you know, results and metrics uh, like, like that. So I was thinking to myself, I'm going to build the same thing here at SmartVault. Uh, once I understood the customer base, I understood the, um, the, the inner workings of the product and how the process works, this customer persona, I truly understood that wasn't going to be the way I was going to be able to scale this organization. So take it back, uh, my first week I, or first couple of weeks, I show up to Austin with my, at that time, um, um, he was a support manager. Now he's my manager of customer success. Anthony, love that guy. He's my, he's my right-hand man. Uh, we shot up to Austin. So that was a good bonding time for me and him. And we just said, hey, what's going on in these other companies? And they said, well, our customer success team handles both onboarding and customer success. I said, oh, interesting. Okay. I'm looking at my, our customer journey as I know about it. I said, I think that's something that we can implement here. So um, that's what we did. So um, one of the first things I did was, was really dive into our onboarding process. When the challenge came to me that we had a, a churn problem, you know, I said, well, you know, the first thing I want to look at is how are these customers being onboarded? right? You know, what's happening there? That's really the beginning of it. So we looked at some churn data, some reasons of why people are churning, got on the phone with a lot of customers calling people, people that have left me, left us from years past or and just left and said, hey, you know, what's going on? What happened? Well, I like SmartBall, but this is it. And everyone came down to this one phrase, ease of use. I said, okay, interesting. Okay, so ease of use. So SmartBall isn't easy to use. So as a leader, I said, well, I'm not going to point the finger. Right. I can easily put say, well, product needs to make a better product. Um, I said, no, how can we implement them better? So let's dive deep into the onboarding process. And I found out that the onboarding process was three, one and a half to two hour phone calls with the admin. And that was it. And after that, we said, go about your way. And I hope you hope everything goes well. And I said, yikes. Um, that's hard. And I was like, what, what, we're, we're secure document. We're doc we're, what's the, what's the basics of what we're trying to do here, right? Just share a document with their clients that they, they share a document with us six hours on a call. Um, that sounds like a lot to me, right? That sounds like a lot. So yeah. I said, well, let's go, let's break it down and understand why did they buy in the first place? And let's, let's work on these, these main reasons. And then what things do they need to do to adopt this, the software the fastest, right? You know, get that, it, get that time um, uh, time there done quickly. So um, what I did was I pulled 
the some customers. Uh, we did a, a survey to a customer base and basically said, hey, I just want to share documents with my customers securely. I want to go paperless. Um, I love integration uh, with my tax software. So I said, okay, guys, our onboarding needs to really focus around that. So we moved that, I say that to say, we moved that three two-hour calls to two one-hour sessions, right? To be able to focus on those adoption, main adoption things and get them utilizing the software as quickly as possible. Result of that, in our first year, we ended up with a negative net churn number. So that was a result, you know, of getting into that, that process of shortening onboarding, um, shortening that time, focusing on adoption, and letting them utilize the software and saying, hey, guys, let's go really, really simple. We were going really deep with onboarding on all of our intricate things that you can do within our software because it's very robust. They weren't ready for it. They weren't ready for it yet. They weren't yeah. Re- yeah, they weren't ready for it yet. And after all that, they said, oh, man, my mind's exploding. This is too much for me. I think I'm gonna put this on the shelf um, yeah. or I'm just gonna leave this. I need to go back to Dropbox because this is way too much. I thought this was yeah. just in the document. Yeah, I don't have to talk to anybody at Dropbox, right? I just <laughs> logged on and did it. I got two questions for you. So you, how many, you had 60, you probably didn't have 6,100 customers back then, but you had several, I'm guessing. So how many customers did you talk to before you got a sense of what it was that you needed to go work on? Yeah, I wanted to get, well, if you say physical customer talk to, I wanna get number 50, 50 customers. I wanna get on the phone. Love it. Right. Yep. Um, and then as far as the, the survey, I mean, it went out to hundreds of, of customers. We got a lot of feedback back. Um, but um, I so did, went, you, did you use what you learned in the phone calls to inform how you built the survey and then built the survey from there? Or did you do a similar thing? Similar thing. Um, I did okay. similar thing. Um, and one other thing I did as well was I pulled the office and not just customer success. I went to the, the development team, went to the sales team, went to the marketing team. I said, why are people leaving? What would you say are the things that we are hearing all the years you've been here? Because I'm the new person coming in. I don't know anything. Just sit down and let's, I want to hear from you what you think. Um, and getting all of that feedback back from the from internal teams, phone calls, and then that data from the, the survey was able to me make a, a, a good strategy moving forward. So, so how did you draw the line? So you got to ease of use, right, which is cool. Like you talked to 50 customers, surveyed hundreds, talk to a bunch of people internally and you boil it down to one thing, ease of use. How did you go from ease of use to onboarding is the problem? Yeah. How did you make that connection? Yeah. Yeah. Good question. So uh, one thing I also will say to that is I look again back at the churn data. So obviously we did have, you know, during a cancellation, Let's not get the cancellation flow and process. I could talk for days on that. But in our cancellation um, flow, uh, we, we did get reason codes, right, of like why was it product, was it ease of use, was it this, this and that. Um, the, the, second, the second part of it was product. So it was ease of use and product were the top two reasons. I think for me, Jay, um, it, was, it was me saying, if, if, how can I – I never want to pass the buck on to any other team or any other person. I, I think that's what it is for me. And I think that I always want to say, okay, if someone's saying something is hard, how can I make it easier for them? So how can I, I, I train them and learn them? So, so again, it started with onboarding, but it didn't stop with onboarding. It started with onboarding, but then it went to our support articles. It went to our videos. It went to the ways they can self-serve. So all of that's combined into this, pro, this idea of, education and we'll, we'll probably get, get to the three e's later in our conversation but it gets this idea of how do we educate our customers education starts with onboarding right you know that's that's, that's the beginning of the, of the education process um from there we have all these other things that we can uh, be able to do and try we had, a, we had a client that we worked with last year maybe or two years ago now um and they 
we zeroed in on the, the same thing. So they actually had a lot of churn that would happen at the first renewal. And that, that was a, a pretty early sign to say, well, you're not even giving us after a first renewal, like let's go, you know, let's kind of draw the line back into that onboarding experience. And then for them in particular, what we learned was they had such a, a vast team and a, such a large number of different types of customers coming in uh, that they didn't even do onboarding hundred percent. So like they started, started to measure onboarding and realized like not every customer was even getting anything for onboarding. So some people would sign and then they would just get their provision emails like, Oh, your account is set up. And then that was it. And so it was like mind boggling, right? It's like similar to what you're saying though, where it's like, you know, you look at some of these things and you're like, well, no wonder they're churning. It's like, what, what kind of experience did we just give them? And like, you know, opposite, a little opposite for you. Cause it's like, you guys were going a little too in depth, but um, how did you, I, I actually want to back up even a little bit more. Did you, did I hear you right that you went, one of your first things was to go to Austin and just kind of talk to other companies, uh, other software companies in the area, just were doing it just so you could pick up other models, um, kind of different from what you had seen at Avid Exchange. Is that, is that one of the first absolutely. steps you've done? Oh, absolutely. That's um, so cool. Yeah. I love you know, that. Because I will say this, when I really, um, once Avid Exchange said, like, hey, we want to build this customer success thing, I was like, oh man, I'm hearing about it. I'm like, this is what. Oh man, this is this is what I want to do. So I, I go online trying to find stuff. I found the Gainsight podcast, and I started listening to Gainsight podcasts. And um, actually, one of my mentors and, and great friend of mine, uh, Nicole Paradise, I'm hearing her on the podcast. I'm like, oh my goodness! And I went to the, the, the Totango conference. I actually, got to meet her in person, and my head exploded. Right, with all these cool things that uh, different companies were doing around customer success. So I took that I, idea. I was like, you know what? I don't have all of the of the answers. And I think a good leader knows that they, they, they can't and won't have all the answers. So for me, for me, it was for me showing that my new employee that, hey, guess what, man, I'm not going to come in here and act like I know everything. I'm going to tell you what to do. Hey, I want to build this with you, especially because you've been here for four years. You've seen the ups and downs. You have a interest in customer success. Let's go learn together. Let's go bond together. You're only as good as your employees, right? So man, I love took, that. we took that time to, to, to get together um, and we, we learned a lot of cool things. Actually, off the back of that, I became um, the, uh, we started our own uh, game site uh, Houston chapter that I'm the president of here, here in Houston. So um, just off, you know, that just happened, but you know, it just was good for, for him to get around people like him because there wasn't any other customer success people in the organization. So to see like, hey, there's other people in this world that do the same thing I do. Um, and then it was a great opportunity for me to speak with other leaders um, there. I mean, from, uh, Con I was Confluence, um, you know, Evernote and other large companies. Um, I mean, Austin's the, the tech capital of Texas. So there's all these really cool. Oh yeah, big time. There's not too many tech companies in Houston, are there? No, it's more, it's more it, oil and gas, right? It, it's all oil and gas. So we are, we're definitely, uh, it, it's, it's pretty neat. And we were actually in the local newspaper, uh, Houston Chronicle, uh, two weeks ago because of our new office that we're building. And um, it, it's, it's neat to say, you know, young, scrappy tech company in Houston, Texas. And people are like, what? What is that? Because that's not yeah. a thing, right? That's not a thing. It's big oil and gas uh, company, but uh, we're definitely making a mark here in Houston. It, I think it's cool. Go ahead, Go ahead Jeff. I was going to say, I think it works in your favor in some cases like that, right? Because like, I think that actually helps you, at least in Houston, probably attract good talent because it's like there's, you know, not a lot of places to go and you guys are making some noise. Um, whereas I think, and especially now, you know, people are probably uh, moving to towns that don't necessarily have to be tech driven. You know, they're moving out of Seattle and in San Francisco and New York, hopefully, and moving to uh, other towns. And uh, I think that's a good thing, you know, where you can kind of stand out a little bit like that. What were you going to say, Jay? Do you, I was good. Do you know, do you know Leandro? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So, uh, Leandro, we, we met there in Utah. It was interesting. Me, Leandro, um, actually had a, 
CS a meetup at our office uh, where Dave uh, from Client Success came out. He was meeting with them. He came out and spoke to my team and, and about 30 other customer success professionals at our uh, smartphone office. Um, so yeah, Leandro's a great friend of mine. Yeah. Dude, that's cool. Small, it's a small world, man. Small world. I mean, what you just said there in terms of like not having all the answers, I mean, I think we've been working earnestly in this space as a consulting firm for like three years and then before that even more, like trying to figure out customer success as leaders, right? And um, like we found the same thing. There's not a one size fits all answer to this. There's some themes and some frameworks, but they they cannot be applied as like a playbook at every single company because you have some companies have lots of small customers like SmartVault. Some companies have a few number of large customers and the motions are just a lot different. But the themes are all the same, right? It's customer engagement, it's relationships, it's value management, but it's just the way you go about implementing that is so different. And then you throw multiple products in the mix, different maturity levels of companies. I mean, the number of variables is just staggering. And yeah. so I, that, that right there, just a shameless plug is why we started the Gang Grow Retain community so that people could come and show their work and learn from one another, at least get ideas, just like you did, right? Because the way that you got that idea is really cool. You said, hey, these people are doing it differently than what I did at Avid Exchange. I actually think that's going to work better here than what we were doing before. If you had tried to just implement Avid Exchange's model, it would have probably been a well, disaster, we right? We would have failed. Yeah, it would have been a disaster. Yeah, it would have been a disaster. So, so what are the three E's? Yeah, so uh, education, engagement, and expansion. So that's the three E's to success and support for twenty, well, for twenty twenty um, for 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 Smart Vault. So um, you know, when it's coming in, I always try to have a strategy for the year and a theme for the year. Um, uh, you know, going into 2019, my theme was, you know, what is customer success at SmartVault, right? And we understood what that was and building that out. And it took that time to build that. And we saw that uh, come to fruition. And now I went into, you know, how are we going to educate these customers? How are we going to engage these customers? Because like you mentioned, we have a large customer base. Uh, and then how can we expand these customers, right? Um, because that's that's how you know we're going to really grow, um, right? Gang grow retain, right? That's that's how that's, that, that's the name of the game right there. Um, so, uh, you know, really when it starts with education, you know, the interesting thing was, you know, when you went through um, a lot of the uh, things I talked about with organizations, they're like, well, don't we, can we kind of have that um, in place a little bit right now? Um, but the fact was, a lot of these things were outdated and old. So I looked at, you know, our, our videos, right? So our support content and video content, they're all uh, outdated. So we went ahead and said, okay, how are we going to um, get new videos out there, get the old information out, new information in? We had different systems that we utilized for our knowledge base. So our knowledge base um, was very um, hard for our customers to actually self-serve. So customers would go and try to self-serve, and then they'll say, well, I can't find my answer. And then they'll go to support, uh, and then they had a bad experience with support. So I said, well, let's make that experience better. So we moved away from two separate platforms um, for knowledge base. And now we're implementing right now Zendesk Guide, where we'll be putting one platform for our entire knowledge base with new articles, easy to use, easy to search, um, to put that in place for education. Um, customer webinars. So again, on a weekly basis, we have a live, one live and one recording uh, of a customer webinar. We can go in and learn about uh, admin training, staff trainings, different things that are free to our customers to provide to them. So again, wasn't looking there to have someone pay for something. I just want to provide them with education so they can be, you know, smart fault, um, you know, certified, so to speak, if you want to call it, call it that. Um, and then, you know, putting in a, a learning management tool. So that was something that I utilized at Avid um, that I, I felt that was great for us to actually scale. And that's my dog snoring. So I hope you guys can't hear that. Uh, yeah. Someone just rang my doorbell. So it's cool. <laughs> no, it's <all> good. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, so, so doing that, so putting a learning management um, 
system, right? So where customers can go in at their own self pace and actually go in and, and learn the software. So again, allowing us to scale, right? Our onboarding process, as well as educating um, um, them as well. So that was kind of the E, helping them, you know, obviously to drive value quickly, adopt the software and obviously retain them, which is education uh, on our system. Um, next was really engagement. So, you know, we had a lot of longtime customers, you know, I actually went to a conference um, before, when there's a thing called conferences, right? Um, and I was at the SmartVault booth. I was talking to, you know, current customers. They said, you know, I've never talked to anybody before, right? Um, I said, oh, wow. You know, so um, for years, they never talked to anybody. So I said, hey, let's focus on engagement. So let's focus on, you know, getting a customer newsletter out. Let's focus on getting data-driven engagement out to our customers. Um, we did a great um, campaign around getting tax ready. Um, so we are really, our busy season is tax season. Um, as that was extended this year, it was really a, it was a long tax season for us um, this year. Um, but we did this tax ready campaign to where before tax season actually got ready, hey, what things you need to get done right now, right? So you give you free trainings, also to some wellness things in there. Our marketing team did a great job of, of putting that all together and customers just, you know, loved it, right? We actually won a award, a marketing award based off of that campaign that we, uh, we put together um, there. Just driving, and the whole purpose of that was driving engagement. So how many people can get signed up into webinars, learning about our software, um, to say, hey, we're here to help you. Um, so you weren't, you weren't trying to sell them anything else. You were just trying to make sure you had their attention, period. Absolutely. Right? That's where it starts, Jay. I think the biggest thing, um, anytime anybody from a company reaches out to someone, they, they think that, you're trying to sell them something, right? Um, I wanted because most of the time it's true. true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. So I wanted to change the narrative. Um, hey, I'm not trying to sell you anything. I am. I am focused on the success of your business, right? And I know what you go through every single year. So how can I get you ready for this? And that there built built us a lot of, um, you know, I would call it trust, grace, whatever you want to call it. But um, especially in a time where we were actually implementing a price increase. So look at that, right? So we did a, we're doing a price increase overall through the customer base that we're putting in. And I said, well, I need to do something for these guys. They need to get something, right? Especially yeah. from us. So um, we were putting in all these stops to say, hey, we hear you, we're here. Um, and also too, with our product, we put in um, you know, a cool portal where customers can start to give us feedback on, on new um, features that they want called the AHA portal. Um, and uh, you know, now putting that into place, then we could be able to scope and put those things out quickly. So then, so all these things we're trying to engage with our customers to say, hey, we're here, we're listening to you. Um, so that was education, engagement, uh, and last is expansion. So I will say I had a large um, thought in mind, again, of how we're gonna expand the customer base. I'll add these users, have all these thoughts and ideas um, going into 2020. Um, and then COVID happens, right? So guess what? People aren't trying to add more users. Um, that's not the thing that people are, are, are first jumping to do, right? So again, uh, you know, again, just talking about multiplying each other within the organization and doing what's right by um, a customer, how that leads to great success. So we said, okay, we're actually a great, you know, a great thing for customers right now because we're a cloud-based solution. People are working from home. They got to share documents. They got to do their taxes. People aren't coming in the office anymore and giving you your tax things or signing forms anymore. So uh, we have an integration with DocuSign. So that was that was great, right? So we said, hey, beginning of COVID, we want to get out, tell people, hey, we're here for you. Here's all your resources. But also, too, here's some free DocuSign, right? Here's, we're giving away for free. Now, we charge this normally. We give away for free because we want to help you run your business. Um, giving them that nugget, though, has now multiplied 60% year-over-year growth in our DocuSign sales in the first half of the year, 
right? So now customers say, oh, this is a thing. A, people didn't know we had the integration. Uh, B, they're like, this, this team, this organization cares about me as a customer, right? And this is helping me. Let me just go ahead and buy more. So the connection with, you know, great marketing strategy around just giving to them free, as well as having a customer success team to be able to talk to them about DocuSign, putting new videos of how it works, new, some, um, you know, uh, documents around it. We have 60% grew our e-signature revenue in the, in the first half of the year. Right? Jeez, so man. It's, 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 it's awesome. That's an awesome story. I was, if I take one thing out of the year, um, you know, that there to me is just, it gives me chills because you're not looking to do that, right? We came in, it, it, I, you know, it, we came to customer success. I know for me personally, because I just like helping others, right? It wasn't about churn. It wasn't about um, NPS. It wasn't about all these things that we've come to know and love and, and do. It was just because, hey, I like helping people. I want them to help them with their business. I believe in this product. So um, with that good heart, I want to make you successful. And I get joy out of that. Um, that was the reason why we drove that campaign around free DocuSign. And that yielded a great reward for us as a business um, because we did that. It's a, uh, well, well, we'll have to see what you do in 2021 when you don't have a pandemic to deal with. Maybe it's 120% growth that you know, you're, you're dealing with. Yeah, watch here. out. Yeah, watch out for, you know. Your target's going to go way up. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, no, yeah, exactly. Right. You know, my boss says that. Well, now that we know, I'm like, oh, hold on. <laughs> I'm out. I'm out. Uh, this, that's such a, so there's so many good things in here. I was literally just like uh, in awe for a minute, just listening to you talk about all those things. Cause like the way you say it, I mean, it doesn't sound easy, but like, when, you know, the way you're talking about it in like the order you did it, uh, it just kind of flowed for you. But in my mind, I'm really like, oh my gosh, like that has to take so much work to go execute. So I think the interesting part for me um, and where Jay and I have spent a lot of time recently is we talk with a lot of people is around this whole angle of like customer marketing and you know how are you engaging with your current customers and like jay's point we're not trying to sell them something but we're trying to get them engaged and we're trying to help them understand like hey we're going to give you value um because you're a customer of ours right like we're going to give you docusign we're going to have all these integrations we're going to give you content that's going to help you do your job better um so maybe talk to us a little bit about your do you have customer marketing in your marketing organization and, and is that kind of who you guys have uh, partnered with from your side of the organization? Like, how did you guys really come up with that campaign and start to execute that? Yeah, yeah, good question. So yeah, so customer marketing sits with our, our, our marketing team. And um, again, it goes back to just making sure you have that that partnership within your business, right? Um, so we meet every single week, um, you know, Monday at three o'clock, uh, you know, we talk through, um, you know, what, how are we going to educate, engage, or expand, right? That's the theme of what we're talking through um, in, that, in, in those meetings. So we go through and discuss, hey, you know, what are we looking to do this quarter? And I, and I, and I love, you know, they're very disciplined over in our marketing organization. And I truly appreciate that because they keep me, they keep wild Nick with all these ideas in, in check, right? And they're like, okay, Nick, hold on. We can't do this. It takes time to get this stuff in place. I need lead time. Um, Usually it's the other way around. You're right. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I love it. So I appreciate that. I appreciate that for them. So, so basically what we did was, um, you know, once, you know, COVID kind of happened, we, we really just understood that, you know, what's our response and what's our responsibility to our customers. Um, you know, one of the things that we knew was going to happen, we we're probably going to lose a lot of customers. Sales are probably going to go down. Um, you know, we may have to get some refunds. We have to pause some billing. We, we, all these different things we probably would have to do in our minds, but we put all those things to the side and we said, we just focused on, hey, um, what's our message, okay? So, you know, myself, marketing, uh, my manager that has a marketing background, we just kind of sat in the room and said, hey, what is our message to our customers? Um, and what do we want to try to do for them? Um, and, then, and that was the tone of the, of the meeting. And once we kind of set that tone for the, for the meeting of what we're trying to do and not worry about smart ball as a business, so to speak, but our customers as a focus, um, 
that's what came out of it. So, you know, that was that thing. But every single, you know, like I said, week, we're going through um, a cadence with our customer marketing team, especially right now. Um, all the things that have gone with, with Zendesk implementation, how we're going to communicate that to our customers, um, how that looks and feels, you know, our new releases of our new technology. We have a new UI that just came out. Um, so how are we giving that out to our, our new customers, coming to our legacy customers, um, release notes, how are we, you know, giving that out to our customers. So we talk through that every single week to ensure that we're all aligned um, and then, you know, everything works out, works out well. That's awesome. Yeah, it's, I think it's something that keeps getting overlooked from where, you know, from what we, who we talk to a lot in some of the organizations that we get involved with is just um, sometimes it's like current customers get the short end of the stick from marketing sometimes because they just, their, their goals a lot of times are oriented towards new business and towards, you know, driving awareness and some of the stuff earlier in the funnel. So I figured that was interesting. Um, one other question I've got, and then I'll let uh, Jay chime in here too, just the, you described kind of education, engagement, and expansion. Uh, expansion. Sorry, forgot for a minute. But when you when you think about like the, because it doesn't say. I mean, you, th you said I think you hired six people. Um, so how did you? I don't know. How did you think about the order at which like you were putting in some of the education pieces and how you were engaging customers? Like, was there an order of operations that you were thinking about this whole time? And like, how did you kind of like think about the sequence of doing those things so that you um, maybe didn't. I don't know, didn't do things out of order where then you, you know, you maybe got the customers um, a little flustered because of the way that you uh, rolled something out or the way you thought about that. So I don't know, how did you think about rolling the? Um, so I'm not gonna say we got that 100% right. <laughs> I'm not gonna sit here and laugh. Well, you know, tell that say on the podcast. So um, especially just, you know, working with product with new UI things coming out, you know, it was a little bit, you know, hey, we created a video, but now we got to redo this video right quick because now this screen looks a little bit different and, and, and all those different things like that. But in all of it, you know, I, I always looked at, hey, what's my end game, right? So I knew, I knew that at the end of uh, 2020, I'll be looking at bringing a support team in-house. I knew that I'll be looking at implementing new technology. Um, so I said, hey, the first thing I need to do before anything changes is that you have to clean up, like you need a data move, right? You have to clean up your data first. So I said, most impactful for my persona is quick and easy videos, right? Now think about a counter persona, right? Very busy, a lot of time. Um, he's he or she probably isn't going to be reading three pages of information, right, for document management software. Um, but they can't watch a 45-second video or a minute uh, video, right? So I said, hey, let's, let's focus on that first. And actually, when we looked at, you know, the analytics from, you know, YouTube and things of that nature, customers are actually going to these things, um, but it's the wrong information. So I said, hey, let's focus on getting that right first. Um, after that, you know, Let's go into our articles. Okay, let's update these articles. We got a great technical writer in, right, to redo these articles and make them look and, and better. And then, you know, we can go to the next thing. So I just thought about my customer. And if I was in their shoes and I'm searching online, trying to find something quick and easy, uh, what's the first thing I want to do? And for us, you know, that was video content and articles. And then um, the next step is, is going to be getting an AI bot in place uh, to help customers get answers. I love what you just said, man. The first thing I did was I thought about if I was in my customer's shoes, what would I want? I mean, how many problems could we solve if we just flipped the narrative, flipped the script and started thinking about things outside in like that? And then I, I, the other thing I would just want to reiterate that you said there was when you sat down with your marketing team like, and said as a group, what's going on with, with our customers and what, are we gonna, what do we want to do for them? That's just like powerful, man, especially to have a cross-functional team thinking outside in like that. So kudos to you guys, man. That's really awesome. So I got, I'm going to put you on the spot now. Okay. Because you're a poet, right? Oh, 
Yes, that's interesting, man. So that's that's one of the things you know that uh, a lot of people don't know about Nick. Um, I guess outside of my wife, right? That's the only person I really write for. Well, now everybody knows about. Not everybody, well. yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, so <laughs> I, I write poetry, man. You know, writing is, is something that I think is therapeutic. I think that it is something that we all should do um, to get our thoughts on paper. Um, and you know, I did put it down for a little bit recently through, during the the, the pandemic. Um, I've been doing a lot more writing, so. I told that to you. I'm not sure why I told you that. I guess because we're and we got so comfortable on the phone call and that came out. But uh, yeah, so I mean, um, I thought I'll put together a little customer success poem. Nothing too big, but something that people like to hear. All right, you got it ready now, or we're gonna yeah see that in the future. No, I can I can give it to you. You guys ready to hear it? It's not that okay. Definitely, man. Let's hear. Well, um, customer success. Only two words, but so much to unpack. Business reviews, lower, lower churn, expansion and adoption are all important. Yes, that's a fact. But true customer success is more than just numbers on a spreadsheet or results of a high MPS. It's empathy, relationships, commitment, consistency. Yes, that is what brings true success. So as you think about customer success, stop all the buzzwords and fancy titles and remember why you're here. It's because you want to see your customers grow and alleviate their fears. At that, a simple statement will be true, that you will be customer success, that your customers will see success and it'll be success for you. Dude, that is like drop the mic moment right there. That's awesome. Can we publish that? You can publish that, man. That's that. You can post that. Cool. <laughs> All right. People are going to love I told that, that to my, I, I shared my wife that. She's, she's like, well, what do you think, sweetheart? She's like, ah, it's customer success. <laughs> <laughs> She thinks I'm a geek, so it's okay. I'm like, whatever. I, say, yeah, I she, don't she care. Was, she was hoping for a different topic, right? She's yeah, like, you talk, yeah. about, you talk about work all the time. Why do you get to write poetry about it now? <laughs> She's like, did you? Here's a question: Have you written your wife a poem? Oh, of course. Oh, yeah. She. Oh, yeah, 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 that's, that's how he got her. Come on, like, that's, <laughs> that's an easy one. <laughs> of course. Awesome. Okay, dude. Well, look, man, this has been great. I think we should check in once every every couple of months or something. Absolutely. Maybe do more of these. Um, and there's probably some people. We, we want to put you together with too, to, to have a bigger conversation. Cause this is, this is great. I love what you're doing. Um, I'm glad we're, I'm glad we're friends with you and um, looking forward to, to hearing how things continue to grow. And, and I don't know, man, I sort of feel like we're all going to be working for you at some point. So <laughs> I look forward to that. No, man, you know, I, I told you the first time, you know, we met, um, you know, that, you know, this is something that I'm really passionate about, you know, and um, just having an opportunity as to what you guys are doing, what you guys are building is awesome and it's good for our community. Um, and it's, it's, I, like you, you guys are, you guys are doing it. You're not talking about it. You're doing it. So thank you for putting this community together. Um, it's really helping a lot of leaders and customer success managers around the world, man. So kudos to you. I, I, yeah, I say around the world because I told my colleague over in the UK, so it's around the world, man. I'm not sure if you knew that, but it's around the world, man. It's everywhere. Hey, I'll, I'll give awesome. you another tidbit. I get, I get more emails from Australia about how our, our, uh, times for office hours aren't convenient for them. Like we've got a lot of, we have a lot of, uh, people that love us. We got, I think we've got some haters right now just because, uh, we need to change up our times. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Awesome. Cool. All right, guys. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Good to see you, man. We'll Thank see you, you soon. Yes, sir. Take I'm care, good. Nick. Bye, guys. Bye, Jeff. Hey, guys. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen to the Gain, Grow, Retain podcast. If you liked what you heard, please take a moment and share the podcast with your friends and colleagues and subscribe. We really appreciate it. Talk to you soon.